Hopefully I'm <laughs> out of here by six. Nah, we should be good. Let me get my new stories up. Excuse me. You're good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 430 in the Morning. It's your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 112. 112. That's an incredible number. It's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. We're, we're, we're just going in for the long haul here. You I, know what I'm saying? I guess. I don't know how many hours <laughs> we have left on your uh, your hard drive. but uh, 634 hours and 49 minutes. That's enough for probably another couple hundred episodes at least. I'd say so. So, Anyways, episode 112, we got a very big one in store for you guys. I thought episode 111 came together very well. Definitely. Lord of the Rings. I don't really have any add-ons for that. I thought that the discussion, for what it was, was pretty solid overall yeah that was a fun discussion yeah i really enjoyed that one i really enjoyed listening to that one i thought we we hit on a lot of good points definitely so uh we didn't get too much uh dissent sent our way for that one so no, that's a good thing nothing from tim tim had a couple of you know just a couple of random comments but it wasn't anything like egregious or anything so sure usually he's fact checking us pretty hard good i have a feeling that tim is going to be more likely to be fact checking us on this this episode yes m- most definitely but before we get into that uh what kind of news you got today I have three news stories today. Awesome. My first one comes from Pat's favorite, CNN. Yes. Chinese zoo denies its sun bears are people in costume. I think I saw this one. This one's (laughs) funny. Yeah. A zoo in eastern China has denied suggestions that some of its bears were people dressed in costumes after videos of a Malayan sun bear standing on its hind legs looking uncannily human went viral fueling rumors and conspiracy theories on Chinese social media. In a statement written from the perspective of a sun bear named Angela, officials from the zoo in Hang's Zoo said people didn't understand the species. In videos shared on the popular Chinese micro-blogging site Weibo, or Weibo, not sure how that's spelled, a sun bear was seen standing upright on a rock and looking out its enclosure. Many Weibo users noted the animal's upright posture, as well as folds of loose fur on its behind, making the bear look somewhat odd and fueling speculation that a human imposter might be taking its place. It might sound like an implausible gambit, but zoos in China have courted public ridicule in the past trying to pass off as pets like dogs as wild animals. In 2013, a city zoo in central Henan province angered visitors by trying to pass off a Tibetan mastiff dog as a lion. Visitors who had approached the enclosure expressed shock when they heard the lion bark. Visitors at another Chinese zoo in Sichuan province were shocked to discover a golden retriever sitting in a cage labeled as an African lion ex- <laughs> enclosure. So what we're saying is that there's precedent for this type of shenanigan. Yeah, the, the, the article kind of goes on, but we can post this picture of this bear on our website. It's fucking hilarious. It does not look like a bear. It looks like... A human in a costume, yeah, it honestly. Does. It looks absolutely ridiculous. I've seen bears in the wild... We have bears in our own zoo in our sure, hometown. Sure. Like, and it's like, ain't no fucking bears looking like this. <laughs> and it's worse that the precedent has been established. Yes. They're doing this type of shit. They're fabricating animals. Most definitely. Could you imagine you're some fucking Chinese, like you're like a working class Chinese person, and you're getting ready to bring your little kids to the zoo. It's like the one good thing they get to experience in their entire childhood is like the one trip to the zoo, and it's like all bullshit. <laughs> it's all fake animals. <laughs> they see the same dog. Dog they have at home in the fucking enclosure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With just like some like little like dog ears on it. Yeah. Like lying. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Do you have any more comments to that? I really No, that's all I got with that one. I can't add much to that one. 
What else you got? So my first one is going to come from one of our favorites, the BBC.com. Nice. Post Malone pays fan $2 million for Magic the Gathering one ring card. There's a lot going on with this headline. Sure. A Toronto retail worker made an unbelievable discovery this summer and is now $2 million richer. Brooke Tafton found a rare collectible game card for tabletop fantasy game Magic the Gathering. A lifetime player of the game, he tells BBC News that finding the card was a childhood dream. I was overwhelmed with joy and emotion, he said. How can someone like me actually find something so astronomical? When Mr. Tafton called the store he bought the pack from to ask how to verify its authenticity, they first hung up on him, thinking it was a prank. It turns out the next steps after finding a card like this are similar to winning the lottery. Mr. Tafton knew he had to put it somewhere safe. I called around to every bank I could get a hold of to find a spot within like half an hour. He also retained a lawyer the next day. Mm. I find it was even crazier than the lottery, he says. I wanted to tell everyone, but I couldn't. I had to keep it a secret. I didn't even tell my dad. Now, I'm going to add a little bit of context before we get into the Post Malone element of the story. So, I don't know if you ever heard of the trading card game Magic the Gathering. It sounds somewhat familiar, it's but not very really. popular. I played it once. Like I, I played it a little bit back when I was in like high school and early college. Once my cards went up in flames, I decided I was That's done it. with the game. <laughs> because it, it's, it's entertaining to a degree. It's extremely nerdy though it rewards nerds with a lot of money are the ones that usually win at this game like in like tournaments and whatever but that being said it's extremely popular it makes a lot of money and they recently released a lord of the rings themed set which is kind of crazy because it's always been a fantasy game so where do people get together and play this game at like conventions or at like conventions or? um the, we there are several places just down the street that hosts like friday night magic and whatever no shit where people get together and play is pretty popular because a very popular game like I've, I haven't played in any tournaments before, but I've played with people that played in tournaments. And it's it just, it's, the problem is it's just extremely nerdy. It's extremely pay to play. You have to kind of like buy the best cards to have the best deck. Sure. You can go to like any store. You can go to Walmart and buy a bunch of cards and see what you get, basically. But you're never going to get like, like you have to like go out and like pick out your cards, make like a really good deck or whatever. So that's kind of the problem with it. But with this Lord of the Rings set that they released, there's always like different tiers of cards. It's like, this is like the mythic rare. This is like the rare. This is the. And the commons cards are like worth like a penny. The rare cards are worth like a dollar. And some of the mythic rares can be worth like $15 or $30. But this Lord of the Rings set that they released had one card that was the one ring, but it was like a super extra foil card and it was com- written completely in Elvish. And they declared that they're only going to print one copy of this card. And it's going to be somewhere in the hundreds of thousands of millions of packs that they create. Kind of like the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory Golden Ticket. Sure. Except there's only one. That's the first thing I thought of when yeah. you started this news story. Yeah. So that's what's going on. <laughs> here and it's like the one ring the one ring to rule them all i mean it's kind of sweet i'm not gonna lie did i buy any of this set absolutely not but i kind of sort of thought if there was ever a set that i was gonna start buying again for this fucking game that i hate by the way i don't like the game like it's kind of cool but i don't like i'm not gonna start playing it again sure it would be this set just because i wanted to find the fucking one ring because <laughs> i knew that it was released before the whole thing happened so anyways back to the news story as a fan of post malone who is a known enthusiast of the fantasy game the thought of selling a card to the american racker occurred to mr Trafton before he struck Lucky. So he was already thinking about selling it to Post Malone before he found the card. (laughs) 
And I'm going to just sum it up from here because we've spent way too much time on this article. But uh, basically what ends up happening is he gets in contact with Post Malone. His people, like his lawyer, gets in contact with Post Malone's people. And they get together and he gets a picture with Post Malone. And he sells the card to this guy for $2 million. And Post Malone's an actual fan of the game. and He, he looks like he would be. <laughs> he's, I, I I like Post Malone. I'm not Me lie. too. I don't listen to rap, but I do like Post Malone. I do like a lot of his music. Did you ever, you ever listen to his him and Joe Rogan? I never watch it but it would probably be pretty entertaining i think they're the longest joe rogan episodes really his first one he did was like four hours long and this latest one he just did was like five hours long sure <laughs> that's kind of funny <laughs> and it's like i've always heard about post malone kind of being a nerd and like in magic the gathering and whatnot but for some reason i was watching youtube one day and it's like i forgot to like change the next video and somehow it just kept playing and then it got to a magic the gathering celebrity game and post one was playing in it and you always think like oh the celebrities they don't have the time to actually be like a nerd and anything he really knows his shit when it comes to this <laughs> game like i was blown away how good he was and how <laughs> just how like how like deep into the nerdiness he actually was that's funny and how quick he was because it's like there's there's so much shit going on with this game it's information overload especially if you haven't really been exposed to it so i was kind of impressed that that he was like really into it you know what i mean that's sweet so he is one of the one of the number one fans of the game so do you think that's a good price for the card or do you think he should have got more i think that's probably about what he was gonna get usually these collectible items like one million is a pretty good number you don't usually see collectibles going for more than a million dollars i mean to post malone is probably not that much money sure exactly i mean he's he's in a pretty good shape so sure anyways that's all i got with that one that went way too long no that was a good one so anyways what else you got today man i've got one from our favorite upi i knew i think we got the same one tampa bay mayor hauls in 70 pounds of cocaine during fishing trip i missed this one this one's good while on a fishing trip with her family in late july tampa bay mayor jane castor reeled in a big catch about 70 pounds of cocaine valued at 1.1 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> this story is actually kind of funny the seizure occurred july 23rd with the chief border patrol agent of the Miami sector, Walter Slozar, saying in a statement at the time that his agents recovered the narcotics concealed in bricks wrapped in what appears to have been cellophane and adorned with a picture of a pink and blue butterfly. He said the drugs were discovered by a recreational boater in the Florida Keys. That recreational boater has now been revealed to be Castor. Mayor Jane Castor is never off duty, says the city of Tampa, said in a Monday statement on Facebook. The mayor told the Tampa Bay Times that the drugs were found in a package adrift in the Atlantic Ocean as she and, her, and other family members were fishing for Mai Mai from a boat. While other family members were perplexed by the package bobbing in the ocean, Castor, who spent 31 years in Tampa Bay Police Department, including as its first woman chief, said she knew exactly what it was. <laughs> they hauled the package aboard their vessel and Castor marked the location on her watch before heading back to their rental property as she called the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, the mayor told the local newspaper paper. Border Patrol agents took possession of the package, which contained 25 bricks of cocaine, according to the federal law enforcement agency CNN reported. We appreciate the ongoing support from our boating community, thanks to the efforts of this good Samaritan. 70 pounds of cocaine in, are in federal custody and off the streets. We encourage the community to Im immediately report suspicious activity to local authorities. Assistant Chief Patrol Agent Adam Hoffner said. That's the end of the article. Well, I mean, they weren't on the streets in the first place. If they found them in the exactly, ocean. Exactly. They were in the ocean. <laughs> 
Like they're they're probably on a boat or something. Yeah. And they fell off. There's yeah. probably a lot more where that came from. Yeah, it could make a good future episode. Even they had a fun time on the boat before they surrendered this cocaine to the authorities. That's what I'm saying. Maybe like some Brian Griffin style. Yeah, I I don't know. That's just hilarious. That is Florida funny. Florida will never shake the cocaine. Never. They will never shake the cocaine stigma. Never. 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 Never will never <laughs> go away. Can't even go on a fucking boating trip. Exactly. As a fucking mayor. Who of all people? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the drug, the, the probably the supplier out there shitting bricks right now? Right. No like, shit. Oh shit. My fucking, my, my lost package just got found by the fucking mayor. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was, that's a good one. That's funny. What do you got? So I'm going to do, uh, I got two more. I'm going to do this one from the Washington Post. Nice. Jeff Bezos's propaganda wing, if you will. Definitely. Australia hires consultant to advise government on its consultants. <laughs> the Australian government has hired a consultant to consult with on how to best deal with other consultants. Sound convoluted? That's a criticism that some Australians are making against the Federal Finance Department after it hired an ethics consultant for advice about handling ties with PWC Australia and Skyne, an entity focused on government services that the consulting giant spun off after a tax information leak scandal. It's like outsourcing your conscience says Senator Barbara Pocock, a member of the left-wing Greens, that's a party, the Greens in Australia, sure, who has been at the forefront of efforts to curb the use of consultants in public service. Pocock, in an email statement, likened the situation to a scene out of Utopia, an Australian satirical TV series about bureaucrats along the lines of NBC's Parks and Recreation. Just imagine a bureaucrat in the Department of Finance saying, we need to hire a consultant to advise us on how to hire consultants consultants, Pocock said. The writers of Utopia, she said, couldn't have come up with a more laughable scenario. So it goes on a little bit, but I just thought that was funny. And it's funny to see different parties, like different grassroots parties calling out the same bullshit. Right. It's like different people agree and disagree about different things, but it's good. At least she's calling out the bullshit. Yeah, that is pretty ridiculous. I mean, as we're, I think we're going to be getting into later on in this episode pretty heavily the role that government bureaucracy plays in just convoluting things beyond belief most definitely it's a funny little headline it's a funny little story consultants consulting about other consultants <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the movie office space where they hire in these consultants and uh the movie's basically based around peter gibbons who's played by uh uh, I can't remember what the fuck his name is. There's an actor that plays this guy. Right. And he's just he's just completely like disassociated from his job. He says every day at his job is the worst day of his life and he hates his job and his job is bullshit. And he has eight bosses and all the shit that he does every day is meaningless. So when the consultants come in to ask about efficiencies, like, I got eight bosses, Bob. I hate this place. This is the dumbest thing of all time. And they were like, we're phoning this guy out for management. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a straight shooter. That's funny. that's kind of the uh, kind of the vibe I get from that story. So I still need to see that movie. You need to. You would enjoy it. Office Space. All right, my last one is from our favorite UPI on news. This is probably the one we we both have. Yep. Idaho man. Nope. Juggles more than thirteen hours to break world record. David Rush has actually impressed me this time. See, I know how to juggle. Juggling it's relatively easy, but it's also relatively difficult. Sure. You can juggle, right? Yes. An Idaho man with more than two hundred and fifty Guinness World 
world record titles, said juggling for more than 13 hours was the most difficult feat of his record-breaking career. David Rush, who holds numerous other juggling-related records, including most juggling catches in a minute, fewest juggling, fewest juggling catches in a minute, most juggling catches in a minute blindfolded, and most juggling catches while on a unicycle in one minute, took aim at the record for the longest duration juggling three objects. The record had been set at 12 hours, 5 minutes by David Slick in 2009. Out of over 250 Guinness World Records that I have done, this is the hardest record that I have ever broken, Rush said in a video in a video of the attempt. Rush said he failed three attempts at the record, and on his fourth try, he finally reached the time at 13 hours, 10 minutes, and 2 seconds. The record was reviewed by Guinness World Record judges and made it official. Rush said he believes this latest feat, in combination with his previous records, earns him the title of the world's best three-ball cascade juggler. That's the end of the article. That's honestly pretty good. That is very good. So I get tired pretty quickly juggling. Yeah. I shoot for like 50 or 100 if I want to test my skills. Like I should be able to juggle 50 times in a row no problem without thinking about it. Sure. 100 if I'm like, okay, time to get get serious. See, in past records that he's broken, they're pretty they're pretty specific with the weight of the items. Sure. With the size of the items. I wonder what the weight of the balls had to be. What do you think would be ideal? I feel like tennis balls are about the perfect juggling item. I would say I personally like I personally like things a little bit heavy. Sure. Not too heavy, but um man, thirteen hours. My arms would be burning. Are yeah. You fucking kidding me? It's like a baseball is what? I think I'm gonna say a baseball is five ounces. Baseball's a good juggling. I feel like baseballs I are feel very like baseballs are probably the best, honestly. Yeah, they're good. Tennis balls I kinda like. I think tennis balls are probably like three ounces. Yeah. They're a little bit smaller. Baseballs are good. Like baseballs are really good. And you always know what you're gonna get out of a baseball. And they have like I don't wanna say traction, but like they, oh, they, they definitely they, do. They, they catch good in your hand. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's why I like baseballs. Sure. If you guys have a comment on in terms of what type of uh, object is easiest to juggle, please tweet us at 30 and though. Comment on our Facebook page. Anyways, I got another world record for us real quick. Let's get it. This one's going to come from our favorite UPI Odd News as well. Nice. This is the one that David Rush is never going to touch. Shit. Japanese man suctions 11 cans to his head to break world record. Now, I feel like we've had a can sticking world record before. We have. A Japanese man put his unusual skill to the test and reclaimed a Guinness World Record for most drink cans placed on the head using air suction. Shunichi Kano, age 31, initially broke the record in 2009 when he managed to suction nine drink cans onto his head, and his record was later broken by Jamie Canhead Keaton. (laughs) <laughs> who replicated the feat with 10 cans. Kano reclaimed the record by helping the anti-211 cans. He said the trick to increasing his can total was learning to create air suction on his temple. Jesus Christ. You make a wrinkle on your skin, then place a can there. Push the can firmly towards your head and ease your wrinkle. Mm. This reduces air pressure between the can and the skin, and the can should stick to it like a suction cup. Kano told Gridded Scroll Records. He said his forehead makes him uniquely qualified for the record. I have a big forehead since I was young, he said. Everyone mentioned that, so I felt like I had something quite unique. I was thinking about how I could put this to good use. And that's what he came and up with. And that's the end of the article. That's beautiful. Yeah, 
yeah, definitely having a larger head would be beneficial with these. I feel like being named Kano also helps them stick. Right when you said Japanese, man, I knew this this record probably will never be beaten. Yeah. David Rush <laughs> could be great for this one. So I'm happy that there's, David Rush isn't the only guy that's going to be breaking world records. That was a good one. I like that one. Anyway, speaking of world records, I feel like we're closing in on our world record for the number of episodes that we've dedicated to a certain topic. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. Pat, what is our main topic this week? And our main topic is an episode that we've visited a dozen times in the past. Actually, I feel like we've visited this topic several times. Several more than 12. Several more than 12. Maybe. I don't know. This is a long-awaited episode. We haven't done one of these since January. So many episodes that I personally lost track of which one we were on. Yeah, because we didn't actually know which one we were on. (laughs) So, Ben, what is this episode today? Episode 112 is Aliens Part 13. And we probably should have waited one more week until doing Aliens Part 13. <laughs> so probably. Episode, episode 112 is going to be Aliens Part 13. Yeah, we kind of screwed that up. But it was time. It was time. It definitely was time. Now, this week on our latest Alien Escapade, we're going to be discussing some of the most recent news regarding UAPs, UFOs, extraterrestrials, and the like. Sure. Because 2023, as far as I'm aware, has been the most newsworthy UFO time in the history of humanity. Yeah, it's going crazy. I mean, we are all over the place. There's a lot of shit going on. There are some Renaissance paintings, though, that have UFOs in them. Definitely. I'm, we're not saying that they're not. But in terms of the mainstream media talking about this type of shit, in terms of the government doing congressional hearings on this type of shit, in terms of established whistleblowers coming out that have... It's really got a been, lot of traction right now. It definitely does. So, with that being said, Ben, what do you want to get into with this episode? Well, Pat, like I said earlier, it's probably more of an open discussion. I don't really have, like, pinpoint type shit. Sure. But I, I feel like we can probably get kicked off with the most recent um, congressional hearing this past uh, July 26th. Yes. Very, very, very important hearing that we just had. Definitely. So on July 26th, there was a congressional hearing held by the House Oversight Committee. Former Navy pilot Ryan Graves, retired U.S. Navy Commander David Fravor, and former intelligence officer David Grush testified. Is it is that right? Or is it's it David Grush. Grush. It's no, op- no relation to David Rush that we're aware of. Right. David Grush testified at the hearing on UFOs or UAPs, which is the government's term for it. And um, after, so I, I listened to about, like I said, I listened to about an hour of it. Sure. And... Um, it seems that Grush is making most of the headlines here with what he had to say. Grush definitely, when I looked back at the what was said, he had the most outlandish, if you will, claims. Yes. But to set this up for the listeners real quick, testifying before a committee of Congress is... It's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. It's a very serious deal. Everything you were saying is under oath, and if you lie, you are under potential punishment under the law. Here. People have like gone to jail before Yes, for doing this type of shit. I remember the first time I heard about this, and I cannot remember the outcome of this, was Barry Bonds had to testify before Congress whether or not he used steroids while he was playing professional baseball. <laughs> and I feel like, I don't know if he ever got like jail time. I, I feel like he was in jail for a while over this. Hmm. And it wasn't because they actually caught him, it was that... He lied. He testified and they got, he got caught. He got tripped up on a lie. 
Yeah, it's something you which, do not want to do. I don't I don't know the details. I'm not going to get into a very bond discussion. But the, the concept of testifying before Congress is it's a sworn testimony. And it's taken, in terms of the established government, it's like the utmost seriousness of, of uh, like, saying shit. Like, you can't just walk up there and say anything. Yeah, it has to be truthful. Right. Because, I mean, these elected officials, this elected body, whether you like them or not, is supposed to be, like, the pinnacle of the law of the United States. Right. In theory. And they're, you know, they gave, the, the various committee members gave, like, little speeches before yeah. the hearing and whatnot. And they made it pretty clear how, how serious they are about this particular matter, too. Yeah. So, before we even get into the things that were said, the things that uh, came out in this hearing, I was, I don't even, I don't want to say that I'm impressed because I was struck by the kind of, it was, number like you said, it was very serious. Yes. I but, was struck by that a little bit, too. And I was struck by the fact that you see these people that bicker about everything. We live in the most divisive political time in that I've ever remembered in terms of left-wing, right-wing, Republican-Democrat. This was definitely bipartisan. But this issue. was a bipartisan, open-minded, actual like investigation, which we have not seen in recent memory. Right. I mean, there are people that I got no fondness for whatsoever that were involved in this hearing asking reasonably good questions. Right. Which you just don't expect. And it shows just how, how kind of warped maybe our average perspective might be of um, American politics today. Sure. It also, to me, shows not really the lack of power of Congress, but just how disorganized it is. Right. And just how big the rest of the government is. The government is huge. And it's, the, it's, 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 it's unbelievable how big it is. And it's like, in terms of federally elected power politicians we've got what 537 that actually appear on a ballot yep the president the vice president and the members of congress and then that you are have, federally elected then you have the thousands and thousands and thousands of bureaucrats you know absolutely nothing about and everybody else is appointed outside of that group yep i don't know we don't we don't vote for anything else you vote for your congressional rep your senator president and the vice president on the same ballot yep and that's it. You don't vote for Supreme Court justices. You don't vote for the heads of any department. You don't vote for directors of agencies. And they're the ones that really run your life. Exactly. So that kind of really exposed just to the just to this jointedness of our federal government. And I found it very interesting to hear just how difficult it is for Congress members to find answers to the types of questions that they feel like they need to have answers for. Sure. Especially when Congress is the one that is supposed to have the power to declare war. Congress is the one that's supposed to be an all of it. Congress is supposed to be the highest body. They're supposed in to be the basically States. running everything. Exactly, and it doesn't sound like they're running anything. No, they're <laughs> running on these. They know they know nothing about anything based on these testimonies. And then they try and get information from various agencies. Exactly. And then they get shot down. Exactly. No pun so, intended. So credit needs to go to uh, Representative Tim Burchett out of Tennessee and Representative Anna Paulina Luna out of Florida because they were the two that were tasked with uh, putting together this hearing and trying to at least figure out a way to start getting answers. Now, I'm not sure about Tim Burchett's background, but Anna Paulina Luna was a U.S. Air Force. She served in the Air Force for a while. Mm. So she had contact with a lot of people prior to her term in Congress, and she's only 34, so she's reasonably young. But she's in her network, she has heard plenty of people that have come forward with claims about the type of shit that she's covering. So it's kind of cool 
to have a congressional representative that has a real world military connection to the types of topics that we're going to be talking about. Sure. And it was important to have someone like that kind of leading the show or at least helping out. Right. So with that in mind, the claims that were thrown out were kind of all over the place in this hearing. They were all over the place. Now, David Fravor is the most established one that we're aware of because we mentioned him back all the way back. I think it was Aliens Part 4 or Part 3 or something where we did the first disclosure. Mm-hmm. And the Tic Tac video came out on like 60 Minutes or something. Yeah. So he was the most known to us at the time. This David Grush guy was not on my radar until this hearing cop came out. Yeah, this guy popped up out of nowhere. And Ryan Graves, I've heard his name before. I've heard some of the shit that he's been talking about before. Now, Graves and Fravor were both Navy pilots. Graves brought a lot to light, in my opinion, too. Sure. About just... The wide range of the, the like the little organization that he set up, sure. So that commercial pilots and military pilots that are in fear of losing their jobs talking about this shit will pretty much go to his organization and talk about it. And it's pretty crazy how many different sightings are out there and how how and how often this shit is occurring. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people really knew that before this hearing. And the one number that stood out to me was, and the thing with the Congress is they're very good at not wording questions properly to get the right answer out. Yeah, It's Gar- like, I could have sat there. Like, and Garcia was ridiculous with that, in my opinion. All of them were. <laughs> like, even AOC, when she was launching her questions out. To her credit, and I'm, I'm not an AOC fan, even in the slightest, but to her credit, she had she was on the right track with a lot of the questions, but she just wasn't even wording them right. I didn't get to her part. But what stood out to me is somebody threw the question out there, and we're not going to be able to rattle off who asked what question and when it was asked and all that shit. But somebody asked, in your estimation, based on what you've been exposed to and what you've experienced, how many of how many sightings that are made by pilots are actually reported? And they were saying that 5% was about the number that they've See, that's that unbelievable. They would so you have to think 5% sightings get reported somewhere. What percentage of that gets investigated at all? Not a lot. You got to figure 5% of those get investigated. 95% of those get, uh, the other ones just get forgotten about. I mean, just put this into perspective though. 5% you say? Yeah. So I don't know if this came out in the recent hearing, but this is something I read online during sure. my research. Apparently the Pentagon right now is investigating 650 cases of unknown aerial incursions. And the Pentagon said that 366 additional UFO sightings have been investigated since the last report in uh, in 2021. Wow. While some of those appear unusual, officials say that they have no evidence that any of them are extraterrestrial. Of course they'll say that. Sure. But think about it. 650 cases. That's a lot of cases. I mean, that's a lot. And you're saying only 5% are even reported? That's, I mean, so there's, that, there's that thousands puts, There's thousands. thousands. Yeah. There's thousands. So with that in mind, I'm not going to get in too much into David Fravor's claims because his were consistent with what you've heard of before. Sure. He was the one that saw that TikTok, I believe it was off the coast of San Diego. Yep. This was back in 2004 where he made that sighting. And he had no reason to make any sightings since then. And he came forward more so back, was it 2021 when he first, when his name first started to surface, it was more so to uh, voice concerns about the fact that the administration that he was supposed to trust as an officer wasn't taking seriously something that he felt was a grave security threat. Yeah. I mean, forget the aliens for a second. He felt like this should have been taken seriously because he thought it was a grave security threat. Yeah. He being the commander 
commanding officer, and I think he did list himself as a commanding officer of that mission. And they asked him like 10 times, do you think this is what you saw as a, as a security threat? And he's like, there is absolutely nothing that we yeah. would be able to do against this. <laughs> so, I mean, that's his motivation. He'll tell you firsthand that he's not a UFO guy. He's not never been interested in that type of shit. Right. But what else is he supposed to do? Right. If he's supposed to do his job the right way, an officer is supposed to analyze threats and use whatever he can based on the knowledge that he has to kind of go out in there and take care of problems. Right. He was probably obviously upset by the fact that it didn't seem to be getting done there. And uh, our friend Jeremy Corbell was really into what he was saying because I, I was watching it, and when he was talking, I just saw Jeremy Corbell's chin just going so, like this up and down, like just agreeing with everything yeah. he was saying. See, what's funny is I listened to the hearing. I didn't see it, but I did see some screenshots, and George Knapp was in the <laughs> yeah, background George as well. George Knapp was back there too. And I think they both got named a couple times. I know Jeremy Corbell got named in the hearing a few times, so he's on official government transcripts at this point. Uh, a few other people, a few other of the celebrities that we've covered in the past have been uh, uh, featured on that but it it's it's funny that jeremy corbell has just been at the forefront of this entire thing <laughs> he's sitting in the front row yeah, and he, what, he has just taken the helm of this he really he, has he really has and what's funny is he's been he's been known to us since before we even started the show <laughs> right. he was known to us back in 2019 when we were still sitting on a couch in my living room recording on a laptop him and stephen greer yeah with the, the 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 awesome unacknowledged documentary which i want to go back and watch that now having seen some of this shit right because the number of military officials that they got for that documentary is just overwhelming yes and it's like either all these people were put up to this they all just have nothing better to do than to make up stories just for fun or something really is going on i wanted to bring up um steven greer because during that documentary he talked about the black budget sure did you get to the part in the congressional hearing where they were talking about the money yeah what was funding what Grush was saying. I guess I guess we can get into it real quick what Grush said during the hearing. Sure, because Grush had the most ridiculous statements, I guess. So Grush basically told the panel that the U.S. absolutely certain that the federal government was in possession of UAPs and that he conducted about 40 interviews over a four-year period. And he led the Defense Department's efforts to analyze reported UAP sightings and was informed of a multi-decade Pentagon program that endeavored to collect and reconstruct crash UAPs and reverse engineer them. And that the government and intelligence agencies have been concealing this. And obviously, the Pentagon denies any program. But basically, at some point, the panel asks him, like, how is this being funded? Because obviously, nobody knows about this. Sure. Where is this money coming from? And Grush, or I keep saying Grush, Grush says uh, he became a government whistleblower after his discovery, and he had uh, faced retaliation, yada, yada, yada. And um, what I found interesting is that um, when they asked him about the money, he said it was above congressional oversight and bankrolled by a misappropriation of funds. And they asked him, does that mean that there is money in the budget that is set to go to a program, but it doesn't go, but it, but it doesn't, and it goes to something else? And he said, yes, I have specific knowledge of that and he doesn't provide any more details because of everything that he's going through so could that be this mysterious black budget i know there's probably misappropriated funds everywhere in the sure, government sure but it seems that with this ufo shit 
with everything that's going on at Area 51 and everything that uh, Bob Lazar was talking about. Yeah. Seems like this black budget's probably real. So going with that, because that's a very good point, and that wasn't something I was even prepared to talk about, but he does make a lot of good points in that discussion. There have been a lot of different conspiracy theories about this black budget, if you will. A lot of them got kind of blown out of the water, but not really, no, not blown out of the water. Taking, what's the word, what's the word for when something gets a lot of attention? Got put on blast. Sure. Got put on blast back during the Bush administration where Donald Rumsfeld, the Secretary of Defense, came out and said basically they got two trillion dollars that they can't account for. They can't account for. So that two trillion dollars is unfathomable about money. Exactly. That's that (laughs) World War One or World War Two was not fought on two trillion dollars. On everybody every every dollar that was ever spent during World War Two wasn't close to two trillion dollars. I can guarantee that. That's a ridiculous amount of money that nobody can track. That nobody could track back in 2004 or whenever the fuck that was. See so, how fucked up that is. Exactly. Now, there have been a lot of theories, too. It's like the F-35 fighter that, I don't know if it's in commission yet, but was always like, oh, it's going to replace the F-16, it's going to replace the F-16. And the budget just kept on getting bigger and bigger for this plane, but no developments was happening. A lot of people have always pointed to that to being just a black hole of money that gets thrown to the plane, but not really to the plane. I thought they trenched those out, though. I don't know. I think they did now. They're sweet. But they never should have costed the amount of money that they costed. Right. What so a they, lot of people kind of point to that as being a... What do they cost, like $14 billion a plane or some something bullshit ridiculous. like that? Something ridiculous. It's an accounting... It's just a spot on the ledger to throw extra money at. Sure. So, is there mo- misappropriation of funds? It happens every day. It happens at every level of government. It probably happens at the fucking little local municipalities. Sure. Because people don't know how to spend money. People do whatever the fuck they want to, especially when there's no oversight. True. And the thing that we're realizing about a lot of these agencies is obviously the Congressional Oversight Committee can't effectively oversee anything. I mean, obviously, based <laughs> on everything that's going on. nothing about what's going on. <laughs> so it's not like there's any oversight for any of this. Because who's going to oversight oversee the CIA? Nobody. Congress is supposed to, and in theory, in theory, they can. Obviously, they, they can't. Can. Who the fuck's going to go over there? Who are they going to send over there? The most competent person we have in all of Congress, as far as I'm aware right now, is this Anna Paulina Luna chick. <laughs> She's the only one you could send over there. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's definitely a mess. And these agencies, they can. Um, Tim Burchett, it seemed like he had like a little press conference, kind of like a, a prerequisite to this hearing. Sure. Um, but it, I kind of got a kick out of it because he he always says uh, "God damn it" a lot, which is <laughs> kind of funny. But um, he was basically saying during this little press conference that I saw him do, they had like a, a separate secret hearing with like Pentagon officials. Sure. And it involved Tim Burkett and I think it involved a couple other people on the panel. And they basically got a bunch of I don't knows, I don't knows. They're not real. They don't exist. But when Tim Burkett, he, t- he talked about that amendment that he tried to get going that would basically have commercial airline pilots report every single sighting that they would see to the to the Federal Aviation Administration and fucking the Pentagon and the other agencies all shut it down. So he was just like, it's either they exist or they don't exist. They keep saying they don't exist. But if they don't exist, why do they care so much? And why do they keep trying to shut down any type of investigation that we want hap- the, that we want to happen with these UFOs, with this alien shit? And that's a very good point, too, because a lot of people on both sides of the aisle brought up the fact 
what are commercial pilots supposed to do, especially since yeah. just as many of these reports that are coming from the military are coming from commercial pilots, mm-hmm. civilians. What are they supposed to do? And you can't ask these military officials what to do because they don't have an answer to that question. It's up to the fucking lawmakers to come up with a system that works. It's but like, obviously they can't do that because of the agency bureaucracy that's blocking it all up. Now these agencies claim they don't exist. Why are you stopping a commercial airline pilot reporting that these sightings to the Federal Aviation Committee sure. for it to be investigated? Why the fuck would you care if you know they don't exist? Sure. It's because they have them. They know they exist. That's the biggest problem is it for, and it, it's a human, just it's fundamentally human to not want to lose your job. Yep. Too many people just are, are scared of it. They're scared of losing their job. That's true. And the two things that stood out to me, first of all, with David Rush, before we turn away from him, is at one point he claimed that he has seen evidence of non-human biologics yep, yep. in these fucking UFOs. So that's the first time that anyone said anything like that in <laughs> front of Congress. Yeah, that's huge. Non-human biologics. Which I don't know what the, I mean, that obviously means alien biology or, well, non-human biology. I mean, kind of what we brought up in one of our past episodes, that could mean so many different things. That could mean a body, that could mean... Some type of animal-looking thing. Some type of... Creature. uh, Some kind of of organic residue that's not human. I don't know. But that's ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous that he came out and said that in front of Congress. Yeah, they, they seem kind of, I mean, they were cool about it, but they seem a little baffled by that. Yeah. The other thing that came up real quick is somebody asked one of the people about whether or not these agencies that were enforcing the uh, the gag policy, if you will, whether or not any threats have been levied and whether or not any violence has taken taken place. And somebody came out and said, yeah, I know of people that have been assaulted. Families have been assaulted. People, I don't know if they went so far as to say that anybody got killed. I can't remember that detail. Well, they asked Grush himself. He was like, have you been threatened with murder? And he's like, I can't talk about that yeah. at, the, at this moment. But somebody confirmed that violence has happened sure in retaliation for these types of claims it's wild man so this is it really i like, I, I, like why would anyone lie about it like what's the point of lying about it i can't figure out the point of lying about any of it because you got the pentagon now saying their officials from the pentagon coming out and saying that hearing was insulting to all the people that work for the intelligence community and all that shit and it's like we all know they're crooked exactly we all know they're, especially there's, the cia there's a book a mile long about the shit the CIA has done. And we've talked about it. We don't need to go into details, but we've talked about it before. Right. Tuskegee Experiment, MK Ultra. Yep. I mean, you can't, you cannot justify any of that shit. So it's not like the precedent hasn't been established for them doing crazy shit like that. So threatening whistleblowers, 100%. 100%. But Fravor didn't seem to get any flack. He seems to have gotten support from what, yeah, for for what, he, t- for what he testified. For the most part. With any institution, there's always going to be different factions, including the faction that always believes in the fucking institution. Right. And that was the one thing that came out from both parties during this hearing is a lot of Americans don't trust our institutions at all. They believe that we're all bullshit. Yep. So we got to get our shit together if we're going to have any legitimate. I'm on the their bullshit side, but I sure. mean, what else are we supposed to do? Right. Now, do you have any comments before we close up? Because I got a few more. Just really quick. No, go ahead. To. Go ahead. So in thinking about all this, one of the representatives during the hearing made a very good point saying, and I think this was somebody out of Missouri was like, you know, I'm from the show me state. We have to have evidence, actual evidence in front of me for me to believe this type of shit. And I find it very hard to believe that some fucking space faring alien species, alien race 
that has a technological prowess to get to Earth is going to get to Earth and subsequently crash on Earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, not a bad and point. It's, it, is a, it is a good point. That's a point that I hear a lot of people. Tim makes that point sometimes, just kind of talking about the probability of it all. I've heard that point made by a lot of people. And it's something you have to think about. It's like, what are the chances that they're going to get all the way here and then fuck up once they get here? And one of the officers... I, it might have even been Fravor said, well, even in the military, even missions that should never fail, you have failure. You always have some level of failure. There's always some level of risk involved. And the failure rate is always increased, basically, due to the amount of risk that failure, due to the amount of risk involved in the mission, there's always an in- heightened risk of failure, of something going wrong. And you, you, you got to think about the conditions where these aliens are coming from. Sure. Like different gravity levels on their planet. Sure. Different weather on their planet. They might get here and it might be fucking crazy. It might be different. Sure. And maybe they weren't prepared for it. Exactly. If if they're just getting here. I yeah. don't know. You can't really say that. Yeah. Now but, now Grush, David Grush seems to be the, the kind of the far out one in this group. Yeah, he definitely he was an Air Force intelligence officer. David Fravor and Ryan Graves were Navy guys. They're a little bit more kinda down to earth. Down to earth, if you will. But I found it interesting that that theory was thrown out there. Now my own little pet theory that has kinda kinda resurfaced in my mind listening to these testimonies is i'm thinking that they're not coming from very far away yeah i'm thinking that something's sure. going on that we're seeing something that something's going on i don't think they're coming from very far away i think they're coming from our solar system or even from earth theoretically sure because you look at the the astronauts landing on the moon there's always the stories about what they were seeing up there there is no reason why there couldn't be an alien race living on mars or living in the moons of saturn or something that has just avoided detection you know what i was kind of thinking when i was watching the testimonies sure i was really paying attention to grush's like mannerisms sure and body language i feel like he might be an alien really dude go back and and really watch him i need to he watch is this now. animated and he like his eyes kind of pop out sure. he, he's, he's like kind of moves his head a lot like the other two are just like real cool calm yeah collected but this guy gets like He's like animated with it. I'm like, this guy's kind of weird. So I don't know. Wound up. I don't know if it's just his personality, but he's. I, I definitely know. need to watch this closely now. He's just, he's just a little, he's just a little. I don't know. Maybe he's just a little. Maybe he's just a weird dude. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he did have the most outlandish claims during this testimony for sure. But I feel like just based on the volume of sightings, based on the probability of a crash and whatnot, I feel like they're coming from somewhere closer. Right. Now that isn't to say they couldn't have been based at Zeta Reticuli or based somewhere out there, but I feel like they're coming. They're very close i feel like they're on mars or they're in our oceans or something like that sure well even the tic tac video he thought that it was communicating with something in the ocean sure because they 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 uh, in the video there's like this white area in the water okay that it, it, it at least rustled the water around to create the, the white look you know what i'm sure, saying sure on the surface of the water so that's what that's what favor fravor said in his testimony either he didn't say it like it went into the water and came back up he said that they kind of joggled around when they were talking about it after like they're like, fuck there's probably communicating with something in the water i mean yeah why not yeah why not the ocean's big enough definitely now my final thought before i get out of here and timothy would kill me if i did not mention this is that one of his heroes i'm not even gonna say one of his heroes i don't know if this is one of tim's heroes an individual that timothy's always been really interested in is Werner von braun the uh german scientist that came over after the fall of nazi germany and designed the rocket the v2 rocket and did a lot of the the physics work for nasa early nasa 
to get humans up in his face. On his deathbed, Werner von Braun always said that he believed the next great threat to humanity in terms of taking away freedom from the democratically the democratic population and whatever was going to be the one world government basically establishing a or fabricating rather an alien invasion threat. Well, that's what Stephen Greer says. So I think he probably gets it from Werner Braun. We gotta probably. watch. We gotta watch. Uh, on, I'm gonna watch on acknowledge when I go like, home. Like the I think if I remember, I think like the last half hour of that documentary, he he gets into it. Like the whole documentary leads up to him talking about the staged alien invasion by, sure. the, by the government. Sure. So I mean that that could be what's going on too. They could be laying the groundwork for that. I don't really feel like that's the case because I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot more going on with this world than we ha- we can really comprehend. Sure. I mean this could be a spiritual battle. It could be. It could be God versus Satan, if you will. It could be. It could be that certain aliens are in league with God and certain aliens are in league with Satan, or whatever our understanding of that is. I think the Bible references you'll see things in the sky that aren't real or some shit like that. Am I, am I mistaken? I don't know about or that. you might... I never did. I never did read the Book of Revelation, so I'll have to follow this. I'll have to follow up with this on the next on the next episode. But it does reference something like that. Okay. I feel like our next uh, alien episode is gonna have to be like the spiritual aliens, (laughs) or if aliens are really spiritual beings. So I kind of think that they are. They could be. I kind of think that maybe Jesus could still be the savior, but it's also an alien. Could be. I mean, there's there's no reason why he couldn't. Maybe Uh, God's an alien. Uh, that um, that book I listened to, Chariots of the Gods, really gets into that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's some compelling cases out there. For sure. Um, I want to get, I don't really have too much more to talk about. I guess there's some, uh, there's some modern day Nostradamus out there talking about how aliens are crashing into the third dimensional realm. And that's why we're seeing so many aliens right now. Mm. He's in Brazil. <laughs> that's about all I got. Uh, do you have any more comments on this episode? Nope, that's basically all I got. I feel like we pretty much hammered on the important points. I will note that the mainstream media is doing a terrible job of covering this shit. Terrible. The only way you're going to get everything is to sit down and watch a full, unedited video of the fucking entire congressional hearing from the very start to the very finish. Yeah, I read like the first five articles on google they all left a ton of shit out they all left all sorts of shit out the other thing i will note before we get out of here is if you do check out that congressional hearing i felt like it kept to the point the entire time sure it was good now you always got these reps that a lot of especially the established ones have been around forever they always just take the opportunity to just parrot some fucking nonsense it's like AOC wasted. Like she was rattling off questions so fucking fast, and it's like, like you was like, sorry, answering. She went, okay, on to the next. She's like, I'm sorry, my time is really limited. I'm like, how the fuck can you have a fucking ten thousand page book of questions to ask when everyone else that seems to really be taking this shit seriously is yielding their time back? You know what I mean? I personally cannot stand AOC. It was they they got interesting, but I will say I think the Congress is pretty much a, sh- a sham. Definitely, they're, they're puppets up there just to kind of take the heat. But for what it's worth, they did do a good job of presenting a bipartisan solid level of interest in this topic i mean this should be if they were so, divided on this topic it would be like it'll be armageddon there's no hope yeah, exactly <laughs> so on that note if you guys have any comments on the recent news surrounding ufos uaps aliens non-human biological entities being discovered in alien wreckage if you are a non-biological uh Please tweet us at 30 in the. Yes, please comment on our Facebook page. Please let us know all about it. Please reach out any way you can. Listens have been okay. The Lord of the Rings episode is a pretty solid one. I've got a, uh, I might have a Lord of the Rings reel cooking up here Uh-oh. soon. So we'll no. see. We'll see. Now, did you ever finish the other reel that you were talking about from 
about a month. Yes. So that one, uh, I hit a little bit of a brick wall. Uh-oh. I'm having having a little problem with the dialogue, getting it in there. Not oh. getting it in there, but trying to find... A rhythm. A good rhythm. Sure. And I've, I've taken some out. I've put new in. I've taken some out. And every time you take some out, you have to change all of the media. Sure. Oh, to, yeah. To match the dialogue. That's the biggest problem. So I probably got like 50 pictures on, on one situation. And I'm just See, like, ah, yeah. that's the hardest part about it. It's like you almost probably have to start with like a really good, like a 20 second, just a 20 yeah, second the, the, thing. The, the first one I did worked out perfect. Yeah. Well, that was a really. That first one worked out perfect. That was yeah. really easy. You had a perfect line. Like I was like, oh, this one, this, this line is perfect. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, the, uh, what the hell is her name? The asteroid woman that got hit by the asteroid. <laughs> For some reason, I can't think of her I name. I can't think of her name either. But the part of that episode I was thinking about, the first like 10 seconds are perfect. Sure. And then it gets bad. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, do I go back and change the actual dialogue of the episode? And I was like, eh, I, I probably could do that. But we'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll get I'll get both up soon. Yeah, we'll probably do have a better luck with the uh, with the Lord of the Rings episode. Yeah, that one will be much easier. Yeah. Anyways, for uh, sure. On that note, thank you very much, guys, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episodes too. Uh, we got plenty more aliens content coming to you guys. Most definitely. But um, on that note, it's probably time for us to get the hell out of here. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. Peace. Is this episode 112? Yeah, but it's Aliens Part 13. Okay, I was hoping it was Aliens Part 12, because that would have worked out. That would have been really good, and we we fucked up. That's all right. For some reason, I can't think of her name. I can't think of her name either. But... Like the dialogue for the for what the, the the part of that episode I was thinking about, the first like ten seconds are perfect. Sure. And then it gets bad, and I'm like, fuck. But zoos in China have courted public ridicule in the past, trying to pass off as pets like dogs as wild animals. <laughs> in two thousand <laughs> in two thousand thirteen <laughs> in two thousand thirteen, a city zoo in Central. Henan province angered visitors by trying to pass off a Tibetan mastiff dog as a lion. Visitors who had approached the enclosure expressed shock when they heard the lion bark. (laughs) (laughs) Only in China. Visitors at another Chinese zoo in Sichuan Sichuan province. Cut! Visitors at another Chinese zoo in Sichuan. I wish they would say the Sichuan Chavins. Is that sure. correct? I don't know. What's the? I don't know the correct language. I don't this. know. Can you spell it? It's not. It's not the spelling. It's the way it's written. That's fucking me up. I oh. want to say in the Sichuan province. It just says in it, Sichuan. Well, province. shit could be the in Chinese. We don't know that. That's true. So we could. It's like saying the the Netherlands. Yeah, it's fucking me up. Pocock in an email statement liken the situation to a scene out of Utopia. An Australian... God. <laughs> Damn it. Australian. An Australian... Just imagine... I can't do an Australian accent. Crikey. I mean, we are all over the place. There's a lot of shit going on. There are some Renaissance paintings, though, that have UFOs in them. Definitely. I'm, we're not saying that they're not. But in terms of the mainstream media... <laughs> 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 but, 
But in terms of the mainstream media talking about this type of shit. It was pretty good. Now, I was I was laughing pretty hard because it was it, it was rep Tim Burchett and it was Anna Paulina Luna who were in charge of the entire operation. Tim Burchett is funny as shit. He's funny. <laughs> but what I didn't I thought it was hilarious is I was just kind of scrolling through because I don't know who's in Congress right now. Like I could probably not name like I could probably name like twenty people maybe. Yeah. So I was scrolling through the list and you see all their pictures with them, and I stopped them like, who the hell's this Anna Paulina Luna chick? She's gorgeous. Right. She's yeah, a yeah, smoke yeah. show. <laughs> and so I start reading her story for a while. I'm like, wow, she's actually pretty cool. And I put on the hearing later on today. I had no idea she was involved in this. And it's like, oh, no shit. I know all about her. Dude, researching alien shit is probably the hardest thing to research. I don't know what it is. Like, I was researching this correct congressional hearing. And I got like six different congressional hearings about it. Sure. And I type in specifically the most recent. Sure. Right? The one they did, I think it was the 26th. Yes. I'm getting shit, like, six different articles from a, a hearing they did on, like, the 12th. They want to repress it is what it is. It is ridiculous. And then, like, I was trying to find the actual date. I couldn't find of, that today. Like I was trying to find the actual date of the Vegas incident. Oh, right? okay. I was trying to find that. And I kept getting the date and when they released the footage. Sure. And I'm like, no, I want the fucking date yeah. of when it fucking happened. It took me forever. 